Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com. On the fan while you were sleeping. We started the show talking about the Jets and the Giants' disappointing ends to their season so far. Obviously, there's four weeks to go, but the way that things started out, both teams, very promising start, looking like playoffs were uh, uh, definite. And now, all of a sudden, you know, the Giants have been bad over the course of the last seven weeks. And you throw in the bye week there, you're talking about a long time since we've seen the Giants play some good football, going back to week seven, as a matter of fact. Uh, against Jacksonville, and then even in their win over Houston, they weren't very good, and the wheels have kind of fallen off there. They got embarrassed by the Eagles. That was a rude awakening, a giant wake-up call, if you will, at the hands of the Philadelphia Eagles, bringing the Giants and their fans back down to earth. Because for weeks, we had to hear about, oh, they could go on a run and Super Bowl this and Super Bowl that. I mean, instead of just being like, hey, this team is significantly overachieving here, it was always, oh, they're good, they're good. In a weak NFC, they will still be lucky to make the postseason. And they're going to need to win two games in all likelihood to get in. Two, and they're in. At Washington Sunday night, at Minnesota, home against the Colts, at Philadelphia. Their best chance is hoping that Philadelphia has nothing to play for week 18. And even then, I'm not sure the Giants can beat Philadelphia. Anyway, they're in a spot. Look, don't let the record to start their year fool you. I mean, they are exceeding all expectations regardless. It would just be a disappointing end to a once-promising season. As for the Jets, you know, they're going to need to win three of their final four to get in because the AFC is challenging. And all of a sudden, the games against Detroit and Jacksonville the next two weeks at home this Sunday at 1 against Detroit, then Thursday uh, at home against Jacksonville. Those don't look as easy on paper as they did two or three weeks ago. But the Jets, they have an opportunity to go three. I mean, they could win those games at Seattle and then at Miami to close out the season. So they need to win three or four to be able to get to that 10-win mark, which I think would get them in. Remember, you get the Chargers right there with seven wins. The Patriots off their win. Plus, the Patriots have the tiebreaker. 
the one thing that works in the Jets' favor here is that New England's got a brutal schedule the final four weeks. But either way, you know, and, and then the other thing with the Jets is, oh, Mike White. Yeah, look, Mike White got he got beaten to a pulp against the Bills. You give him credit for his toughness, and you understand why the team loves him and respects him. But now it's, oh, if Mike White gets hurt or goes down, Zach Wilson needs to dress. Same people that were saying Joe Flacco's better than Zach Wilson two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Anybody should start. Zach Wilson, he's terrible. Flacco's better. Now all of a sudden Flacco has a couple of bad throws, and it's Zach Wilson needs to dress. As someone who is a Zach Wilson supporter, I do not think this is a good idea. If Mike White is hurt, different story. If White is hurt, then I'm going back to Zach Wilson as the starter. If White is not hurt, I'm keeping Zach Wilson right where he is. Third string, not dressing for the game. The other things we discussed this morning, baseball, hot stove, free agency, Yankees and Carlos Rodon, are they actually going to make an offer? Is it going to be a legitimate real offer, like a chance to get him? Where Rodon was apparently or reportedly holding out for $200 bucks. well, we're going to find out and see what kind of deals he has on the table. But the Yankees are interested. This is a move the Yankees, I don't want to say they have to make it, but to show that they're serious about taking their team to another level, and with them, it's always over the top. Well, this is an over-the-top type move. They need Carlos Rodon to be that number two behind Garrett Cole in the rotation, similar to what the Mets have with the one-two punch with Scherzer and Verlander. I mean, the Yankees, yeah, Severino's good. Cortez is good. They're not legitimate number twos. And even if they pitch like it, you know what? Great to have them as 3-4 in that rotation behind Garrett Cole and Rodon. It takes, it could potentially take the Yankees to another level where there aren't many other moves that could do the same. And then the other rumors about Correa, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it with the Yankees and Correa. I'm just not buying that the Yankees are going to go nuts spending, even with Carlos Rodon. They need to prove it to me that they could do it before I sit here and say, oh, yeah, they're going to do it. With the Mets, I was telling you, on Friday, I told you they were getting Kodai Senga. I knew it. We knew they were, as soon as DeGrom left, we knew they were getting Verlander. It was, wasn't even a question. I don't know about you. It wasn't even a question to me. If you're paying attention, you knew it was coming. Oh, okay, DeGrom chose to go to Texas. Fine, Verlander's coming. And then you knew Kodai Singh was going to be the third starter. They'd rather have him than Bassett, who has since gone to Toronto. You know, obviously the Mets just continue to add. Bring back Brandon Nimmo. They have great depth in their rotation. They built the triangle in the bullpen. Diaz, Raley, Robertson. That's the way that I would build a team. Ace or two at the top. Triangle at the back end. We have three trusted guys. Triangle of trust, if you will. But I've always looked at it in that triangle way with those three guys. And that's what they have. And now they need one more bat. I don't think they're going to get it now. I think the Mets are done with their big spending. Even Stevie Cohen has his limits. For now. Dot, dot, dot. Shohei Otani. Well, there's eyes on Otani, whether it be this year, next year, whatever. And I would think probably more likely as a free agent, but let that thing play out. There's going to be another bat 
that the Mets could go acquire at the trade deadline the way that they should have last year, but there really wasn't that perfect fit. So I think the Mets are close to done this offseason, and man, what an offseason it's been. Yankees need plenty more. 877-337-6666. Rangers also got a big win against the Devils as the Rangers finally looking like the Rangers again. Nice to see them bounce back and salvage their season with the last couple of weeks or so, the way that they've been playing. 877-337-6666. Steve is in Monroe. What's up, Steve? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good morning. How are you, Steve? Hey, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging in there, man. Hey, listen, you already answered my question about the Mets. So um, I think they're going to get another bat. Uh, I hope they get another bat. But uh, I want to ask you about the Yankees and Fernando Tatis. I think if they acquire him, he's going to murder the baseball at Yankee Stadium. Like, I, I know he's got the steroid issue in his background mm. now. Yeah. You know, and but he just, I, I can't seem to wrap my head around to think that, that his whole career, has, as good as it's been so far, has been based on performance-enhancing drugs. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I mean, am I wrong? I mean, what do you think about that? I did, and, and obviously, I'm a Mets fan, so right. but I, I think, uh, I think would... the move would be exciting. I don't know if it's the perfect move. I don't know if it's the move I would make at this particular point. If I'm the Yankees, it's an exciting <laughs> move. It would get me excited to watch Tatis sure. Jr. I mean, you're talking about one of the best young players in the game. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I mean, my guess is as good as yours with the steroids or the PEDs. I don't know. How, yeah, how I mean, much he's, he's been a, doing it or how much of an impact it's had on him. I do know this, though. Yeah. I don't think Tatis is a good teammate. I mean, there have been documented issues. Their team doesn't yeah, like Yeah, I, I was going to get into that, and I was going to ask you your opinion on that, and you kind of you kind of hit on that earlier in your broadcast here. Um, I I don't know. I You know, and like I said, and I'm not a Yankees fan, but I, I, think, he would, I think he would excel in New York, but... You know, if you're going to be a, 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 you know, a jerk in the clubhouse, <laughs> you know, is, is it worth? Is it, I guess that makes it the question: uh, Is it worth the headache? You know. Well, I mean, a player of his talent, Stephen. Thank you for the call. Generally, teams would go with that talent and figure it out. And. I mean, it would just be, I mean, you're talking about one of the bright young stars in the game. I don't know if there's legitimacy to it. And I, I don't know. It, and you know, you know me. I'll tell you one way or another how I'm feeling. With this, I, I'd be torn on it. Because I like the player. I'm excited about the player. But, you know, we're watching it from afar. And even from afar, you can see the issues that the Padres have had with Tatis Jr., whether it's Machado chewing him out in the clubhouse or in the uh, dugout during a game, whether it's him getting you know reckless in the offseason or off the field to a point where he's putting himself in harm's way with an accident, whether it is the PED stuff. I mean, it's always something with Tatis Jr. And then you get that guaranteed contract on top of it. You know, what, 14-year deal? I, it's... He's had... One full year, not even a full year. It's a tough one. I'd be tempted by the talent, no doubt. But there's a long way to go before I trust Tatis Jr. 
And remember, Yankees get him. They're not playing him in right field, obviously. He'd be their shortstop. So then what do you do? I mean, I guess you could say you could play him at third and keep Peraza. What are you going to have to give up to get him? Assuming that's assuming Peraza is there. Probably Peraza and Volpe, Glaber Torres. Maybe they all go back in the deal. I mean, I'm not sure. So I don't think it's realistic. I guess that's my biggest point. I don't believe it's realistic. But I do get the sense that the Yanks have something up their sleeve. Especially sitting around watching Steve, Stevie Cohen go to work. Watching Steve Cohen flashes billions. That can't make the Yankees comfortable. Not that they should be trying to one-up the Mets. Because it's not about the back pages. It's not about the excitement of these moves. It's about winning. Yankees need to build their ball club. They need a left fielder. They need another starter. And maybe they can move around a couple of pieces. I don't... I don't think Tatis Jr. will be the right move. If I'm the Yankees, I said this earlier, I'll say it again. You know, when people, you know, people actually might be listening at 415. If I'm the Yankees, and I know this is not realistic, but it's what I would be wanting or the power move that I would try to make. I would go sign Carlos Correa to play shortstop, and then I would look to trade for Shohei Otani. Now, those are two mega moves. But if you sign Correa to play short, now Volpe, Peraza, those guys become expendable what you're going to need to give those guys up to get Shohei Otani. I'd rather do that than sign Rodon. Now, they'd have to figure out, you know, look, maybe they, in that scenario, you'd want to play Giancarlo in left and have Otani DH. The majority of the time, I don't know, they'd have to figure that out. But that would be the move I'd be looking to make if I'm the Yanks. Eric is calling from Ron Conkham. What's up, Eric? Hey, so good morning. Good morning, Eric. I, I do know one thing. Uh, you know, if this, you know, cause there seems to be a lot of Tatis talk going on, but if he ever did go to the Yankees, I'll tell you, him and Vlad Jr. in the same division would be awesome to watch. Mm. That, that, that much I know. Yeah, I'd love to um, see him on the East Coast. I mean, that's selfishly, especially here in New York. But, yes, I'd love to watch Tatis Jr. I just have concerns about him. Oh sure, absolutely. I mean, especially you know the uh, you know with with all the moves they've made the, the Padres the last two three seasons, and, and yet it still can continues to be a problem uh, w- with him. You know, just you know, really makes you look at it uh, you know sideways a little bit. But uh, uh, first off, you know, I think Stewart's starting to scare me a little bit. I think we need to uh, place a call to Jack Nicholson for that anger management there. I think. Yeah, Goose Fraba. <laughs> Oh boy, I'll tell you that, that that would be an interesting uh, encounter in itself. Um, uh, I did look. I, I did a little homework for you. Um, I went online and I managed to find the uh, Pizza Uno menu is, is online. All right, uh, and, and and it turns out that they actually uh, will ship their um, uh, their deep dish pizza anywhere. What so, what about it, the apps? Oh, because all I like I told you I didn't even remember getting the deep dish pizza. It was okay. Right. I like that. I like that app. That bacon, um, the the potato skin, basically uh, deep dish. Yeah, I did see that on there. Yeah. Oh man, um, mouth watering. Yeah, and then I, that yeah, huge peanut break. butter cup for dessert. It's a massive. It's like an extra large <clears throat> peanut peanut butter cup. Yeah, I, I didn't have a chance to scroll down throughout the whole thing, but uh, where is yeah, one? Are they on Long Island or what? 
that that I didn't get to uh, oh. that far with it, but uh, hmm. I, I will keep looking. So I, I just jumped on it to look at that. Uh, well, that if you if you thing. came with homework, I'd grade you with an incomplete as of now. <laughs> That's why I said some. Yeah. I say some. <laughs> right, so, exactly. Uh, so, um, but look, you know, the here's where I'm concerned about with as far as the, uh, you know, with the hot stove so far. I mean, I, I watched, you know, I mean, you were very excited last night uh, on Baseball Night in New York, and, and with good reason. And I was on hold with Danielle when they broke the news about Cody Singer. So, uh, so I was glad to hear that they did that. Um, they still have Lucchese also, don't they? On, on in yes, they have Lucchese. He's a depth piece in yeah. that rotation. Yeah, right. So, I mean, is is there a point where maybe they can look to uh, trade somebody to get a bat also? Because I mean, they they have like well, close to a dozen pitchers now, and at least it feels that way. Um, they could. Yeah, I mean, they could trade. Somebody. They could trade Carlos Carrasco, for example. I know that keeps coming up. I don't know if that's going to be the case, though. I mean, and I don't know if they want to do that because then you're taking from a strength with that depth and weakening that a little bit to add a bat. And what type of bat are you going to get? I wouldn't be opposed to it, and I think it's possible. I just don't know what would be the return for, let's say, Carlos Carrasco. Or, or all right, because <clears throat> here's my other thought, and, and I know. It's almost like you know so many teams don't want to discuss it, but especially now that they brought Senga in, uh, and the big concern is you know him switching to five days uh, in between starts and everything. You know, could they possibly realistically think of going to a six-man rotation? Well, I mean, you know, that, I mean that came up yesterday, as you saw, Eric. And thank you for the call. We appreciate checking in as always. Finish your homework. I would not go to a six-man rotation. I think it's interesting to talk about. I mean, we've had this conversation over the years many times. Look, guys, these things work themselves out. Right now, as you know, right now it looks great. Oh, yeah, seven, eight, nine deep. Go to a six-man rotation. Before you know it, it'll be down to five guys, and I'm as we having to trade somebody or get somebody off the scrap heap to take a start. But these things work themselves out throughout the course of the year. You don't think Verlander's going to miss time. You don't think Scherzer's going to miss some time or potentially others. Maybe they could give guys a rest certain times through. I would not go with a six-man rotation. Number one, I value having the guys that you're paying over $40 million on the mound every fifth day. I want to take advantage of that. I don't want it every sixth day. I want it every fifth day. That's the advantage of having a team that's built with Scherzer and Verlander atop the rotation. Number two, aren't those guys creatures of habit? Don't they want... Now, if every one of those guys in that rotation said they'd go for the six-man rotation, maybe it's something I'd consider. But I got to believe Verlander wants to take the ball every fifth day. I got to believe Scherzer wants to take the ball every fifth day. I'm not messing with that. I'm not going to a six-man rotation if it's me. I don't. We've heard this forever, and it just usually doesn't happen. This is—it's a silly December through February conversation. Now, if there ever were a rotation that might be open to trying, so it would be—you know—Verlander and Scherzer at their age of two forty-year-olds. Oh, and a pitcher in Kodai Senga who is used to pitching once a week. 
but I'm not buying that that's going to happen, and I don't think that it should. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. 877-337-6666. The, the Chiefs game bothered me. I haven't really been betting this year. And I had some friends over Sunday, so we're having some fun. I was like, yeah, well, I'll throw down some bets. And I had a two-team parlay. Titans money line. And the Chiefs. And the Titans got spanked. And I was like, all right, well, screw that. And then I made the angry bet, which always gets you in trouble. But I was thinking, well, I'm not going to lose both these bets. And I'm ticked off to begin with. So double or nothing. And I went in on the Chiefs minus nine. And they're up huge in that game against Denver. And I don't even take favorites ever. I hate taking big favorites, especially on the road, especially in the division. But if there's one known thing about the inconsistent, filled with parity NFL this year. It's that the Denver Broncos offense sucks. And even if you do slow down Kansas City, it's, what are you going to hold them to 20 points? They can't score. Except this week, of course. Where Mahomes throws three interceptions in Denver, even without Russell Wilson somehow, as he gets knocked out of the game, has a knot on his head, knocked unconscious. Denver somehow scores 28 points. I mean, give me a break. And Kansas City still should have covered that. And you have to sit there. That's the worst when you need just a field goal. And you're begging for any kind of miracle that would prevent them from taking a knee. At the end of the game, as they're in field goal range or approaching field goal range, it was just a that was a horrible beat. That is why gambling can be tough. 877 337 Corey's calling from Staten Island. What's up, Corey? Hey, Sal. Uh, just going off your point on Rodon. Why are you so quick to put him in that two spot for the Yankees? I mean, San Francisco. That's a that's a pitcher's ballpark. And he kind of got shelled when he was a White Sox. And, you know, the short porch in left field at Yankee Stadium. Why are you so quick to throw him in that two spot? Well, he would be the second best pitcher on the staff. Who would you put ahead of him? I mean, you got to put Nestor just off his last season. Nah, if you think Nestor is better than Rodon, then don't get Rodon. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think... Pitching in the playoffs last year was our, our main... Yeah, but it's main... you're you're looking at it the wrong way. It's not last year. It's a new year. So how are you making the team better? 
And I agree. I agree. We need another arm, 100. percent But I think we need a, a a more efficient arm coming out of the bullpen. I know we're getting King back. That's going to be great for Kainly, us. Yeah. Yeah, Kainly also. But you, like, we don't have a oh, closer. Oh, King, you said. Yeah, yeah, King, King and Kainley. Right, King and Kainley, right. No, I, I don't think the bullpen's going to be the issue for the Yankees. I, I And not that I think starters are going to be the issue, but if you can beef up that rotation with Carlos Rodon in there, who has been a solid pitcher, to say the least, the last couple of years, look, there are some concerns about him. And I would be hesitant to give him $200 million. I'm not type. I'm not sure what type of contract. But here's the problem. The Yankees, why didn't they go get Verlander then? I think feel like they're still living off that Astro stigma. Same reason why you don't hear any buzz about Correa coming to the Yankees. Well, I mean, it, there has been buzz about Correa going to the Yankees, although I guess yesterday that was uh, th- that buzz was kind of uh, pushed aside and was calmed yeah, down. For the, for the excitement of, of Tatis. I know, for the excitement. And, and on that now, I think, I think you've got to say, like, the only justification for us not making any other moves besides Judge is that they had to be kicking the tire a little bit, seeing if Tatis was a, a good move. But who knows? Where are they getting better? That's what I want to know. Yeah, of course, of course. We need to get better. We need to get more consistent hitting, and I think that's also going to come with now the shift being outlawed. Sure. To whatever extent it's going to be, so that that'll help us out a little bit. Uh, we'll get a, a fully healthy DJ. I think we got to sign Benintendi. We, but we need to we need to make another move. Otherwise, we need to be full force on letting the young kids play, letting them like learn on the fly, throwing them in the fire. Well, that there's so many different levels there, and thank you for the call, Corey. Or layers there, where okay, the young guys. What are they going to do with the young guys? How's that infield going to look? How are they going to improve their ball club? And you can talk about well, the shift being banned is going to help the Yankees. You'll help other teams too which maybe wants you then to put more of an emphasis on pitching. Maybe that's some of the reason why the Mets are looking at it. Hey, if we liked pitching pitching last year, we're going to need it even more so this year. Well, the offense might improve because the game's rules now are going to be put back in place to have the offense succeed more. That's why the rules are being put in to have more offense in the game. So you would think offense is going to go up. And the teams, once again, with the better pitching, should have an advantage, especially strikeout pitching. And teams, two things are going to have more of a benefit, I think, this year in Major League Baseball. Teams that have pitchers that strike out a ton of guys, like actual strikeout pitchers, not current 21, 22 fraudulent strikeout pitches where every pitcher strikes out 10 guys, like real-life dominant strikeout pitchers. Those teams will benefit, and teams that have contact hitters are going to benefit. Put the ball in play. Good things are going to happen now. I mean, good things generally happen when the ball gets put in play. Problem is nobody puts the ball in play, and then with the shift, when they do, a lot of times it's an atom ball. Malik is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Malik? Yo, what's going on, Lakata? Where you been, Malik? Hiatus, but I've been working hard, man. But you don't be listening to you. You're not checking on you. You're my boy, mm-hmm. man. And by the way, art is great. I like art's call earlier, but I'm going to disagree. You stand 10 toes deep and tell your woman, do not 
wake you up on Sunday. My lady's listening right now. I call in here in the room. She knows if I say don't wake me up, the house better be burning down or something. I lose my sleep. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Malik. Is that too much to ask? (laughs) I don't want to be waking up. No, no, no. Matter of fact, they come in the room if you get a chance. Tell Sal that so Sal doesn't think I'm captain. <laughs> no, I believe you. I mean, you lay down the look. I, I mean, I try to lay down the look. It just doesn't work. And then by the time I get up, and then you know what happens? She wakes me up, and then I can't get up with that attitude. And you know I want to because I'm ticked off and I'm bothered. But now I'm the bad guy if I give an attitude. And I don't exactly. really want to do that. So I just no, say, I, I say it nicely, like, how many times do I got to ask you, please, don't wake me up? Yeah, but I know you got to control the narrative. Real quick, real quick, three mm. seconds. If I tell you not to wake me up, do you wake me up, first? No. Thank you. Okay, look. Thank you. Later. Confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, look out a real quick though. Um, here's here's what I want to talk. By the way, I'm glad you mentioned the Rangers. They're not getting a lot of shine. Dude, Sabanachak, Kreider, Pereira. I mean, these guys, and this goaltender is world-class. Yeah, but they they were playing like crap to start the year. Finally, now they're playing the best opponents that they've played over this stretch, and they're playing their best hockey. They're starting to look like the team that we saw last year, thankfully. Totally understand. But but Shesterkin, man, Igor Shesterkin is ridiculous, dude. I love the Ranger. I love the Ranger netminder. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and let me ask you this, by the way, I'm happy with Uncle Stevie and, uh, you know, or Santa Claus Stevie. You know who we need? We need J.D. Martinez, man. That's the yeah, answer, dude. I'm 75, 16 uh. jacks, dude. Look at the resume. 290 lifetime hitter, yeah, dude. No, J.D. JD Martinez is a, a B.C. Met. He's not an A.C. Met. That's a before Cohen mm-hmm. move, J.D. Martinez. I want a real move. I want an A.C. Met move. Power bat. Otani's the guy. It's just a matter of when they're going to get him. Nah, you gotta you gotta wait for next year to get him. Mm. You gotta position yourself. And by the way, it was so good to watch you on SNY, dude. Yo, um, and by the way, I don't understand. Maybe you can help me with this. Um, your your boy over there, what's his name, Mister uh, Andy Martino? Um, yeah, dude, why does he get so much smoke from these from from Met fans? I don't I get love it. that dude. His reporting is excellent. If you if, if you pay are, attention, people are crack. I mean, what's wrong with you uh, Malik, I don't know. You're preaching in the choir. I, I don't get it. And thank you for the call, Malik. As always, good to hear from you. Uh, I don't understand the bad... Now, do I think Andy endears himself with his personality to Met fans? No, I don't. But he he's a reporter. He doesn't care to be a fan or to represent the fans. That's my job. That's what I do. He's the reporter. But if you are looking for information on the Mets or Yankees, because he covers them both, and we joke about him and call him Yankee Doodle Andy. Um, But, you know, because sometimes he's over the top with the Yankees and and the love for uh, Boone or Cashman or whatever, so we just mess around with him a little bit. But if you just look at the reporting, nothing else. I, I mean, I don't think there's anybody better or more factual with the Mets or Yankee stuff. He may not break everything or be first on everything, but he'll give you great information before stuff happens, he will break some stuff, and whatever he reports is accurate. He doesn't jump the gun and, I don't know, have Aaron Judge signing with the Giants. Oopsie. But you're right. And whatever, I don't even want to get into the reporter stuff. Like, I don't care enough, and I don't think fans really care enough. 
However, Martino gets crap from the majority of Mets fans, and I just don't understand it. He said that the Mets weren't going to be interested in Judge. People were, oh, what is he talking about? Were the Mets ever interested in Judge? No. The report happened to be 100% correct. He said that the Mets were going to get Kodai Senga or that they were heavy on Senga. He said that the Mets were pivoting after DeGrom right away to Justin Verlander. And if you watch that SNY breaking news coverage that night, and I was there, I was on it, I heard what he said. He just got off the phone with Steve Cohen and basically said the Mets are getting Verlander. Like, I don't know what more the guy needs to do to become the number one Met guy, but he is. He's the only guy that I follow. For Mets information. And like I said, Mets and Yankees. Both. Mitchell is calling from Fort Lee. What's up, Mitchell? Good morning, Sal. How are you, my friend? Mitchell, look at you calling before, you know, there's five minutes left in the show. Nice to have you so early today. Well, Sal, so I can get a few minutes in, you can get me. Because last time when I called, you couldn't get me, but I appreciate it. Go ahead. Take your time. Okay, Sal. Four things. Number one. Are we going to get a Ranger uh, game where we're going to get a bunch of guys and go down like the Met game? Yes, get I, that going? yes, I want to do it. I, I just don't know when exactly we're going to have to do that. And remember, you know, getting a Ranger gathering is a little more difficult than Mets because the Rangers tickets are absurd. Even for the cheapest game, you're looking at 150, 200 bucks probably to get in. But yes, I plan on having at least another gathering in the winter here. Okay, I'll look into it. I'll call the Rangers. I have a connection there. Maybe we can get a box and we can get enough people and we can make it worth our while. A box at the Garden? I mean, you better have a serious connection for that. Yeah, I do. Actually, I do. All right, well, you know what? Look into it. I'll make an appearance okay. uh, free of charge. I know you will. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, you know, I won't charge anybody. And then you you text me what we're working with here, and I'll see if there's a way if we could figure it out. Okay, you got it. I got that. No problem. Number two. I'm happy for you, and I'm looking forward to another Mets thing with all the guys again because after we had a great time, with, especially with Stevie Cohen and uh, with all the uh, signings mm-hmm. we did, but I'm a Yankee fan. But getting to now to the Yankees, I keep on hearing rumors, rumors, rumors. So I think this is where the Yankees are going, and I hope I'm right. I think Ben and Terry doesn't want to play in New York. That's my gut feeling out of this. So I think where they're going to go is Rodon and Correa. What do you think? Where do you where are you getting that Ben Intendi doesn't want to play in New York from? I've read it on I read it on numerous uh, sites on on the internet that he doesn't want to play here. He wants to go back to California. That's what I've been keep reading, but I could be wrong. I mean, I that's what I've that's what I've heard through uh, you know uh, different reporters. Well, that, reporters, I have not heard that or seen that anywhere. Um, so I don't know if this is just, see what happens today, Mitchell, there are so many blogs out there and sites out there and opinion gets mixed in with fact and where somebody's going to throw their opinion out there and thinking what could happen, what should happen, what might happen that gets twisted up in what some people believe is reality. So that's why I'd be careful with that. I have not heard that Ben Intendi does not want to play in New York. So I would not okay. – I, I think the Yankees are going to end up getting him back. That's number one. Number two, okay. would you say you want them to get Correa and who else? Rodon. I, I think yeah. – I mean, that's what I keep on hearing. I mean, everyone keeps on saying – even Heyman said that the Yankees are getting ready to make an offer to Rodon. Right. I think well, – when's that? He, he also said the Giants were getting getting ready to name Aaron Judge as, as their new right fielder. Yeah. When did that happen yeah. exactly? So I, I'm still waiting on the Yankees to send an offer to Rodon. But, Sal, like you said... He may have jumped the gun on that one. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, maybe, but I don't think so. I think I think we're all done. And I think if the Yankees really want to make the splash and what they do is go sign Carrera. Carrera. I mean, that's Correa. what I would do. Yeah, I mean, they, they have it. Um, see, look, Mitchell, we're going to find out here. I mean, we are going to find out. We said it all year long, and thank you for the call, Mitchell, and keep me posted about that Rangers game. We've said it all offseason long. We are going to find out what the Yankees are made of here. A, they had to bring back Aaron Judge. They did. It got scary, but they brought him back. And they really brought him back because he wanted them more than they wanted him, meaning that he had potentially a bigger offer from the Padres. He didn't care. He wanted to be a Yankee. That's obvious. That's number one. Now we're going to find out how they're going to improve on their ball club. Are they going to go out there? You know, the Yankees used to be great with overkill. It's been a while since we've had some overkill. Are they going to get Rodon? Are they going to go after Correa? In the past, it used to be, yeah, of course they are. You have all the confidence in the world. They're going to get both. And now it's like, eh, I'm not so sure. I have my doubts. So I can't predict what's going to happen here. I mean, although I am Sal Shradamas, I can't predict what's going to happen. But I don't feel confident in saying the Yankees are going to be big players here. Maybe they get Rodon. I don't think they get Correa. If they get Rodon and Benintendi, I'd be okay with that. Is it overkill? No, but I do think it's an upgrade. Because you'd have a full season of Benintendi. You have Harrison Bader in center. You'll go with the young guys. Peraza at short should be better than Connor Falefa. You still have some young guys in the tank with Volpe. Maybe they trade Torres for something else. Full year Benintendi, like we said, full year Bader. You know, those maybe healthy LeMayhew and then Rodon. That's an upgrade. Will it be enough? Time will tell. But that's with them getting Rodon and Benintendi. And there are no guarantees that both those are going to happen. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Kind of back on the fan warm-up show with Al and CeeLo today. CeeLo in for Jerry. Hey, whatever happened with Odell Beckham Jr.? Did he make a choice yet? Of all those teams that want him, where's he going to go? When's the big unveiling taking place? Odell, do me a favor. Get lost, will you? Get lost. Tired of hearing about Odell Beckham Jr. Making it like, oh, he's picking a certain team and whoever gets him is going to be lucky. The dude's not healthy, and I'm not rooting against Odell necessarily. Get healthy first, then we'll talk. I mean, come on, the big song and dance, parading around, all these you know teams are having him in and visiting and meeting. For what? For nothing. The Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton instead. Odell Beckham. They didn't trust that he was healthy. He doesn't want to practice or play or work out for him. 
He's big in name only anyway. Enough of Odell. Please, enough. Every move the guy makes has got to be overcovered. Everybody obsessed with Odell Beckham Jr. And he's not even playing. Even when he is playing, he's not that good anyway. Chris is calling from Rockaway Beach. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. How you doing? How are you, Chris? All right. Love your show, man. Thank Great you. Job. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I was just, I was just, uh, I was watching the uh, Robert Sala's uh, press conference, mm-hmm. and you know he's so uncommittal. You know, he he says, you know, uh, I'm not sure. You know, we're we're, we're hoping, you know, like uh, that White's going to play, but you know, he still hasn't, he still hasn't made any indication of who he's going to suit as the backup. You know. And well, it's only I, I it's think, only Tuesday Blanco, now. Blanco's done. You heard that on Monday. It's oh, you mean what? He's done as uh, as a as a player in the league. You're saying or with the Jets? What that? You're saying Flacco's done, meaning like his career is finished, or or just? I, I think he's I think he's I think he's done with the Jets. I mean, I, I you know that that play that he lost the ball. I mean, it was like deer in the headlights. I, Yeah, I mean, he's not used to being a backup. I mean, you know, he's been a career starter with the Ravens, obviously, all those years. I'm not making excuses for him, but the same people now, you know, that that wanted Flacco in there instead of Zach Wilson a few weeks ago, now it's like, oh, Joe Flacco sucks. He can't be the backup. And for Robert Sala to make a decision on Monday, because today is now Tuesday, you're referencing a press conference you heard on Monday, why would he do that? The game's not until Sunday. He has no idea. He's got to see how the week plays out here. They don't know if Mike White is hurt or not. Yeah, well, I, you know, the, the, the problem, you know, the problem is, is that, you know what? I think, you know, he's trying to, he's trying to send a, send a message to uh, Zach Wilson, you know, like, you know, grow up and, you know, you know, become a team player and all that stuff. And then Zach Wilson watches, watches White play like, like a superstar, and on Sunday he got the hell beat out of him, and came back and back into the game. And you know, if if uh, Zach Wilson hasn't learned anything from that, then you know, then he shouldn't be a quarterback with the Jets anymore. But agree, you know, you got to you got to put him in a position where he can possibly come back to it. You know, well, I don't, and that's why I don't think he should be dressing here. Uh, for me, Chris, the way that I would do it, and thank you for the call. And I get your antsy and want to know who's starting or who's going to be the backup just in case White can't go. The, the, the Jets are going to take their time with this and make a very calculated decision. And I truly believe, now I don't know. I don't have any sources. I'm not going based off anything other than my gut and common sense, which, by the way, 90% of the time works. For me, I would think that If Mike White is healthy, the Jets are going to again not dress Zach Wilson. That's the way that I would do it, and I believe that's the way they're going to do it. I would be surprised if Mike White was fully healthy and they announced that they're dressing Zach Wilson to be the backup. I think that's something fans want as a reactionary move to what we saw Sunday. I don't think that's the right thing. And I don't think the Jets are going to do that. Now, if Mike White can't go, that's a different story. 
then maybe you see Zach Wilson get an opportunity. But I also don't know where the locker room is at right now. We know they love Mike White. Would they be open to, in a circumstance where Mike White is out, which, by the way, I don't think is going to happen. It's all hypothetical. Would they be open to Zach Wilson regaining his starting job, at least for a week? I also think once they go back to Zach, unless catastrophe strikes or when disaster strikes, Busta. Unless that happened, I don't see how you can go back to Mike White. It's a very delicate thing. And for me, I'm riding with Mike White here. If he's hurt, then I'm going with Zach Wilson. And that's that. But White's not going to let this opportunity get away from him. He's playing. He's going to play. Romeo calling from Nanuet. What's up, Romeo? Hey, Sal, love the show. I think you do a great job. Thanks, Romeo. What's on your mind this morning? The, I think the Jets, I mean, I've been a Jet fan for too long, forever. Um, the Jets' playoff hopes, even after last night, took a big shot. I mean, they're realistically going to, I mean, they might have to win out. I'm looking at the schedule, and the uh, I'm not too worried about the Patriots other than the tiebreakers, but I think the Pats will lose more than uh at least two. They they're gonna they'll yeah. go two and two, let's say, right? Yes, correct. So that gets the them Chargers, to nine. Yes. The Chargers no the Pats have a hard schedule. I think they lose three I, I think they lose the next three out three out of four. Right. Well then but, if that's yeah. the case they're dumb, but even if they won two, the Jets need to win ten to get in because of the tiebreaker. The Chargers are gonna get to ten without a doubt. Their schedule is very easy. They and can, then the Dolphins. I mean the Chargers could run the table potentially, but let's say they get three of them. Let's say New England gets two. Right, we'll be we'll be overly conservative here. New England gets two, Chargers get three. That would get New England to nine. Chargers would have ten, and then Miami. What were you gonna say? And then the uh, Dolphins play the entire division, so they they do play New England in there. So and, if you give New England two, depending on who the, who who you choose, the Dolphins will have nine. And that Jets. Well, the Dolphins, Dolphins already though. The, the Dolphins already at eight though right now. They're an eight. Yes, they they have the Bills this week. That's probably a loss. That takes them to six. Then they have the Patriots and the Jets mixed in with another bad team in there somewhere. I think you got Packers. You're right. So the Jets basically are going to have a win in their end and going on history. Like I said, I've been a well, Jets Well, I don't know about that. You're saying winning the, win their end against Miami? I mean, Miami could beat the Packers and New England. And, and they probably will, yes. Right, so they'll, they'll be at 10 wins. They're going to be in. And the Jets are going to have to run the table. Well, no, the Jets could go three and four because we're fat. It, who gets? I want to know who has the tiebreaker between the Chargers and Jets. That to me is going to be the deciding factor. Yeah, right now it's the Chargers on conference record, but I right. don't know what happened. Oh, right, year. exactly. So we won't know. So we know the Jets don't have the tiebreaker with New England. So for the Jets to have a break, right? The Jets have to minimum win three of four. And thank you for the call, Romeo. Good job going over it. Minimum Jets have to win three of four. Miami, uh, Miami, New England has to lose two of their four. Jets will then be ahead of them. And then assuming that the Chargers win three, the Jets have to hope they have the tiebreaker over them. Miami's going to get in. Miami's winning at least two games here. Miami's good. I know they haven't played well the last couple weeks. They're going to, and I hate to say it, Miami's going to beat the Jets. Well, I shouldn't say that yet because we don't know the health of everybody, but assuming the two is there, Miami owes the Jets.
after that third-string quarterback debacle at MetLife. And I hope that for the Jets' sake, it doesn't come down to that win win in there in. I think the Jets got to win the other three. Win three in a row, starting with Detroit. Not going to be easy. Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. Win those three. Don't even worry about the last one. What? All right, that does it for us. Thanks. Thanks to Suss for all his help. Appreciate him filling in for Fleegs. Thanks, everybody who called and listened. We appreciate it. Be back again tonight slash tomorrow at midnight. The warm-up show with Alan CeeLo. That's coming up next. Enjoy your Tuesday. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.